Welcome to The Unbridled Woman with your host, Deanne Rose. Get ready to embark on a thrilling journey to the core of your feminine essence. Awaken and harness the immense inner strength you possess. Rise up majestically and powerfully, embodying your most authentic and unstoppable self. Get ready for an electrifying revelation of spirit and power. Here comes Deanne, ready to set your world ablaze with inspiration and wisdom. Hello, Unbridled Women. Welcome to the Unbridled Woman Remember, Reclaim, and Rise, where today we will embark on a journey to unlock the profound power of healing that resides within us all. Today, we'll delve into a topic that resonates with many, yet is often shrouded in layers of complexity and mystery. The greatest healer is in me, a triumph over chronic pain through emotional and ancestral healing. In this episode, we will explore the transformative journey of my guest, who has navigated the turbulent waters of chronic pain only to discover that the most potent medicine lies not in external remedies, but within the depth of her being. We'll unravel the intricate tapestry of emotional and ancestral healing, shedding light in how our past, our emotions, and our lineage play pivotal roles in our wellness journey. As we venture into these deeply personal realms, we invite you to open your heart and mind to the possibility that you, too, hold the key to your healing. It's a journey that asks us to look inward, to confront our shadows, to embrace our stories, and to heal the wounds that have been passed down through generations. So inviting everyone, if you can, to become present here in this moment, and we're going to do that by taking three big breaths together. Taking a deep breath in and a slow exhale. And as you're exhaling, just feeling your body begin to soften and relax. Inhaling through your nose, filling up your lungs with prana, the beautiful air. And slowly exhaling out, again, softening even more, maybe feeling your feet on the floor, sitting on your chair. And one more inhale, the deepest inhale of your day so far, and a slow exhale out. So now before I introduce you to my guest, I wanted to talk briefly about a special offer for February, so two more weeks left here, called Hearts and Wombs. This is a unique program taking place throughout February, and it's designed to foster profound healing and connection with one's womb space. It integrates modern science with ancient wisdom to create a nurturing and transformative experience. Focused on the health of the womb, each session is crafted to release tension, heal trauma, and awaken a deeper awareness of your body. And you can find more information on that on my website, dnrose.net. So I want to introduce everyone to you. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little under the weather, so I might be clearing my throat. Just to preface that. So my beautiful guest taking the time to be with us today is Elizabeth Kipp. She is a stress management and a historical trauma specialist who uses trauma-trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery coaching, ancestral clearing, and compassionate inquiry, and yoga to help people with their healing. Elizabeth healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety, panic attacks, and addiction. Now in long-term recovery, she guides others to unleash their healing power, find freedom from suffering, and live a thriving life. She is the best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power, 
and we will hear her incredible story today. And then in the second half of our journey, Elizabeth and I will chat more about emotional and ancestral healing, and that can help us move out of our own disease. So, my beautiful friend, I ask my guest this, what does the word unbridled mean to you? Well, it means um, like liberated beyond my conditioning. Mm. Right? I like, love that. Stepping into who I came here to be. Mm. Yes. Being, being on mission. <laughs> I love that. Yes, on mission. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And, and all that, all those um, detours that come into our life <laughs> in so many ways that keep us going for living that, that full fruition of ourselves. And um, we're going to touch upon a lot of those things today that can hinder from us living into, in our fullest expression. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear one of your unbridled stories, if you want to share it with us, please, about how you remembered, reclaimed, and rose into the woman that you are today. I love the question, and thank you for, for asking. I, I think I'm going to begin with claiming our healing power. Because the way I was raised, it was like when I get sick, my mother went to the doctor. She called the doctor. Was the first thing she she, she called the doctor, and when and, and so there was that, and and uh, and then the doctor came and and uh, you know examined me and then gave me medicine and and uh, gave me instruction. <laughs> that was it. Um, there was no discussion of the healing power lives within. Mm. All the power was in the doctor. Right. And that went on for and that's conditioning that went on for, for, you know, many years in my and in my perspective. Uh, So conditioning. Right. When whenever anyone, uh, any of the children, uh, you know, had like an accident or bumped or ah, right. We just like what happened? The adults came running. Yeah. So pressure. Right. And and they did everything they could to stop us from yelling out and to, 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 to make sure the pain went away. Mm-hmm. Nobody said pain is part of healing. So we were at war with pain. So those are two pieces of conditioning. Healing happens outside. It, the, 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 the help for healing is outside. And we're in a war with pain. Mm. So is it any wonder that I ended up suffering with chronic pain? <laughs> right exactly. with that kind of condition i mean i had an accident i had tra- childhood trauma and i had i had uh i had a physical accident when i was 14 i had a whole bunch of surgery and a lot of medication on board to try and deal with that which which didn't really it didn't deal with the pain it it dealt with they thought they were giving me um the best quality of life they could um uh, with opiates and benzodiazepines on board as a, a pres- prescriptions, but those don't heal anything. They, they, sh- may, they might shift the symptom. They might shift the symptomology, but they don't heal anything. Yeah. And then the other thing, the, yeah. And the other thing the doctors said was, 
or you'll be in chronic pain for the rest of your life. <laughs> Learn to live with it. And this is this is how we're gonna get this is our best quality of life. So I um at that point understood that they were telling me more about the limitation of the model they were working in than they were telling me about the body's ability to heal. Right. Yeah. Their limitations to help you, not <laughs> Yeah. You I mean do. that's that uh, they didn't say that. I I said that. They didn't say that. I right, said yeah, that. you know they wouldn't say yes. <laughs> And, and so I understood also that that model is, is, is in the scientific framework. And within the scientific framework, you can only comment on that which science can observe, measure, and describe. But where do we live and where do we heal? We live in the all that is, not just in that part of the framework. Just not in, just in that part of the universe. We live in the all that is. So I knew I had to look everywhere for my healing, not just in that framework, because that I could see that was a, a learned framework. So I found um, I found uh, it took me a while really to find a doctor who understood the nature of chronic pain and who had this holistic view. Yeah, and what? How? What age were you? How long had that? How long oh, had you been in, there? I was. Yeah, I was in. I was in chronic pain for forty years before I found him. I was fifty nine when I found him. Okay, that was ten years ago. So, I um, uh, I was really fortunate to find him. He had. A, he didn't even want to see my X rays. <laughs> he didn't want to see any. He wanted. He said, "I don't need to see any of that. I want to know who you are." So he understood, which shocked me. I was like, right. why are you worried been all my life? Right? So <laughs> yeah. He looked inside of me and saw who I really was. The doctors prior to him looked at me and, and assumed I wouldn't heal. They never asked the question, why isn't Elizabeth healing? They just assumed I wouldn't. So you're not going to get anywhere with that kind of a model that you're working with. How are you going to advance in that, right? right. So anyway, um, Dr. Peter uh, Prescott, um, he left us this, but he passed away in 2016, but he left this book, Conquer Chronic Pain, an Innovative Mind-Body Approach. And you can get it on Amazon. It's a great book. It's a great companion to my book, uh, Conquer Chronic Pain, uh, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. And uh, he looked at me, you know, as I said, like a whole person. And he understood, as we do in, uh, in the yoga tradition and the Eastern philosophy, you can't separate mind, body from spirit. They're all one. And what happens to one happens to all three. So that was... Um, so I had I, I had some liberation just in understanding the limitation that I was working with with the doctors that I was I understood I, I have a limiting factor here. I need to get bigger, right? So that was really huge. Mm. Another thing, and then and I'm and I met Dr. Peter Prescop and he was he really helped me uh, like clear my system of all the drugs and shift my um a viewpoint. One of the things, one of the most empowering things he said to me, which I was surprised to hear at the time, I walked into his pain management program and there's 20 other people like me in the room, which was surprising to me. And he says, what are you doing to contribute to your pain? 
Mm. And I thought, I thought at that time when he said that, I was in complete victim mode. And I thought to myself, I can't believe he just said that in this room with like everybody, all this 20 other of us like me, like the pain's doing it to me. Right. I was in total victim mode. I was, you know, like, don't mess with me like that. He's going to have a riot on his hands up there. (laughs) I know. I thought this is going to be interesting. (laughs) And, but the thing was, is that the question he asked was brilliant. Because by the very nature of his question, I went from victimhood to empowerment. Because in that question is the assumption and the implication that I'm actually doing something to contribute to my own pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So all of a sudden, I went from complete victim into, holy crap, I, have, I actually have some, some power here. Right? That was... That was yeah, you, have, you could have you have a choice, you know, like possibly I could choose to move through this. Well, I, there, there's a different perspective, and I and I actually have power. So I found leverage uh, where I didn't feel I had any before. So that's that's very liberating, right there. Um, and then uh, he helped. He he brought in uh, adversity therapy. We had an ancestor. John Newton there was was a wellness practitioner with him who does the ancestral clearing. He's my teacher. Um, he brought that in, and that was uh, was amazing to experience that. Um, we did uh, Qigong, a uh, very kind of focused, uh, very d- lovely, calming, clearing movement, and uh, and we did meditation. He taught us how to, you know, he took us through breath work. I, I was already doing yoga and meditation when I walked in there, but but um, it was really clearing the body of the burden. And then clearly uh, the burden that I had around the lineage, um, which was there was a lot in my family. So um, those were the things that I that I did, and I was so impressed. I walked into that program with forty years of chronic pain, and like everyday pain, you know, not twenty four seven at the end, but twenty four seven for most of it, right? For most of it. Anyway, um, and I walked out 52 days later with no pain. 52 days. Wow. Yeah. And he didn't promise anything like that. But it, I, I, and I wasn't so, I wasn't, he didn't promise that. He just said, I can help you reset your stress response, which had, was stuck in the on position. Mm-hmm. Pain. Um, and, uh, and he said, your pain medicines might be causing your pain, which, which actually they were. There's this thing called hyperalgesia. Where, um, which they didn't even that wasn't even published work until 2010, and I was in treatment in 2013. So it was just getting out into the public that hyperalgesia, which is a condition that you get when you're on opiates and you end up getting pain instead of having it mediated. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was suffering from that too. So, um, yeah. So so, but the thing is, is that he had a 94 percent success rate in that program. Mm. It wasn't like I'm so special. He, you know, he, uh, there were 94% success rate of, of helping people that were stuck in this chronic pain spot. And uh, I'll tell you, um, I, I, uh, I never, I, I don't know how to explain the liberation that I felt from that. 
right? And I and I remember I remember being on Dr. Prescott's table. He was an osteopath, and I remember being on his table the first time. And he uh, did some kind of energy work on me, and I woke up. I literally awakened from some kind of, I don't know, it was kind of like my whole life I'd been asleep, and all of a sudden I was awake. It was, which is very difficult, by the way, to describe, but people (laughs) have had the experience know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. Was it almost like this remembering of like who you who you were or who you are? And- yeah, it was like, oh, th- this is this is who I am, right? It was, it was <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was very, it was very powerful and and um, almost otherworldly. It was, you know, the word unbridled is a great description. I felt like I was breaking free of my conditioning. Mm. And became unbridled because of that, right? Because like I can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm here. Deal with it. <laughs> right. Yes. The the only way is up from here on in. Right. <laughs> oh, up and out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. So that's that's kind of the gist of my story. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And. I mean, so much to be said for, you know, that when that you told me about that, you know, 94% rate, um, it's, it's like when people are given, and it wasn't necessarily he was like healing you. He was giving, giving you the tools and reminding you, like you use these. And, he was a guide. He was yeah, a guide. A guide. Because, mm-hmm. because we had people in the program that were, it was very. So I have a science background, and so I'm. I'm. I'm not only you know attending to what's happening to me. I'm attending to what I'm watching everybody else and what's happening with them. That's just the nature of this analytical mind is just kind of on full bore. Uh, when it when it's awake, it's just uh, that's just kind of the training. But uh, for a research scientist, but uh, what was interesting was there was. Uh, there were a few people in the class that did not have this um, breakthrough. And I remember one specifically was, was there because uh, she was in a, um, uh, she was, she was forced there because of, because of insurance on a workman's comp. So in order for her to get her workman's compensation, she had to go through the program. Oh, okay. And um, there was a lot of um, disbelief on her part and a lot of resentment. And by the time I personally got to the program, I was so done with all that kind of attitude. I was just like, <coughs> I'm, at, I'm at a sacred bottom here. Whatever you got, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I was kind of like, that's where I was and that's where a lot of everybody else was. She was still hanging on. To her resentment mm-hmm. and her anger, right? Mm-hmm. So that can yeah. be quite a block for healing. And I'm not like I'm not a doctor, so I can't, you know, make a diagnosis. But I'm just saying what I saw. Yeah, uh, I I believe that. I believe that because, like anything, if you're not ready to let go, or to, it's because of your own fruition to want to do it. Yeah, I, it's it doesn't 
people don't get very well, very far, <laughs> um, being, you know, forced into a treatment or, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, with, um, you know, we could talk about this was, you know, the, I mean, addiction, right? I mean, if people, they have to get to a point where they just don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah. and that's when, that's when the healing comes, um, that they're able to just surrender. And like you said, and I, I loved, I loved when you had your fist is like, you know, there's so some many of us, we hold on, you know, like Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body, like people just they hold on to that. It's, it's, it's part of who they are. And That's if they were awesome. to let that go, they don't know who they are. That was, that was another thing that was so profound was um, the understanding that I am not my pain. Here's the thing about chronic pain. Its tendency is to, steal our attention away from everything but it. So in that sense, it's very egoic. It gets it that pain body that Eckhart Tolle talks about is a very powerful egoic force. Yeah. Right? Stealing away attention away from everything but it. So because of that force that we're talking about, and our susceptibility, what happens to the brain in chronic pain, which is a lot of changes happen in the brain, a lot of chaos, uh, the emotional center is affected, we get quite negative, um, we get brain fog, so we, we have difficulty processing information because of what chronic pain does to the brain. So we get in this um, space where we become our pain. Our perspective is... I am my pain. That's what I'm, I'm pain. That's what I am. And so we get identified with it as, as he said, and we, one of the ways that you heal from that is, is understanding, Oh, wait a minute. I'm having an experience of chronic pain. But it's not who I am. <laughs> right. Right. That's a, that's a game changer. That's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's about taking, seeing, Seeing it yourself as being the the witness to what's happening, as mm -hmm. not a participant. That's right. Yeah. Well, we're participating. We're having the human part of us is having the experience of it, but it's not who we are. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're we're bigger and we're we're not we're not that. So anyway, that's a huge. Um, that's was another shift shifting thing that helps to. Um, Make your healing unstoppable, right? Get you into that unbridled space because you you need momentum. Chronic, you know, when we've got a, a situation going on, think about physics. An object in motion stays in motion until it's met by an equal or opposite force. So imagine the power that has to come in order for you to switch your trajectory of, right, this heavy, right, you have to, you have to really switch something up. And that's what these things, these things that I'm talking about that were game changers for me, that's what they did. They created a momentum in a different direction. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like you said, that that almost that awakening you had during that session, you know, and then, yeah, just it's it's nice when we have these little wins along the way, you know, then we feel better. Like, oh, I'm accomplishing something. There's, there's, like you said, momentum. I'm moving toward this goal or whatever. I'm feeling better. Um, and, you know, it, and so it's almost like you're, I guess, re-engineering that whole chronic pain because 
that's kind of how chronic pain started too, right? It was, it wasn't all at once, most likely it was over time. And then you just kind of got used to just being in pain and now I got a little bit more pain and just became, um, just your, your life, your life at that point. Yeah. It's a reaction really to unresolved trauma and, uh, we're just in protected, collapsed, tightened, contracted mode. So yeah, chronic pain is kind of unresolved trauma first, then chronic pain, then addiction is kind of how that, the order of that. Then, oh. Yeah. Then yeah. You, yeah. I've never met an addict that, that has, that didn't have chronic pain first. I mean, that wasn't an order. I mean, I, every addict I know, and I've been in the rooms for 10 years now, and I'm a recovery coach. Every addict I know is a recovering chronic pain sufferer. sufferer. Yeah, well, that would make sense. And the unresolved trauma that started all of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes that trauma um, isn't always something, I mean, we, we can get into this the next half after our break in a little bit, that you actually could be aware of. Right? That's right. Sometimes we are. It's very evident. But then there's like, well, especially ancestral, right? When we're carrying around, you know, uh, you know, our ancestors' wounds and, and hurts that aren't, they're unprocessed things, then uh, it's, um, we might not like, oh, I, I've never had trauma in my life, you know, but oh, but you are carrying it through your, through your DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big T trauma, little T trauma. It doesn't matter if it if it connect disconnects us from ourselves and yes. others. We have a disconnection. That's 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 what trauma does. Disconnects us from our true self. And that's an important point to make because um, some people might not think, "Oh, this was not that a big a deal." But everyone processes it. Differently, depending, right, depending on, on their own um, past and, and and their own life, and so you know, someone's little T is is you know big as opposed to you know someone who can. There's, I guess, I look at it as more of a you know how your nervous system reacted to it, right, and whether it fully processed it through or just held on to it for for whatever reason. Well, it's it's anything. Um it's uh, trauma is not what what happens to you. What happens inside? It's what happens inside of you because of what happened to you, and it's because you're alone with the hurt. That's straight up uh, trauma. Doctor Gabor Mate and Bessel van der Kolk. That that's the way they would. Those guys yeah. in the trauma space would describe it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my dogs are barking. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, everyone. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing your unbridled story. I can't wait to come back and dive more into your work, get a little bit more details about um, how you are are helping the people in in your world. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will be back in a couple minutes. Thank you so much. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. 
Every story has its flip side. And we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. Have a question for Deanne or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or email Deanne at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman. I am your host, Deanne Rose, and I am here with the inspiring Elizabeth Kipp, who has been sharing her story on embracing her unbridled self. Now we are going to talk more about ancestral healing, about uh, women and womb, and all that juicy stuff. So I am excited to dive more deeper into one of these big passion projects of mine. So Elizabeth, what is your experience with your ancestral clearing and women in their womb space? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great question, and I, I, we can look at it from a few different um, places. I like to... I love the woo-woo, but I, it's got to be grounded for me for me to even get it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If it's not grounded in something, it goes right over my head. So, so yeah, just, you're not alone. I'm a lot of people. Yes, yeah, the majority, I think. <laughs> so, um, so I'll just uh, paint the uh, a little bit of science landscape uh, that we kind of understand, um, and I'll do it in, in in a kind of a general way. I won't get into the weeds too much. Um, information gets passed down from one generation to the next. That's how we uh, are, are, it helps helps us prepare ourselves to meet the challenges of this generation. So evolution, that's a kind of an, you can look at, I have evolutionary biology background and you can kind of see how, how the, the you know the discovery of, of DNA was, it was a huge boon to our understanding of like how this stuff happens. Mm. So there's, um, so there's kind of an understanding that information gets passed down, and it, as I said, it prepares us. It prepares this generation for, for what they think likely is going to happen, right? Based on previous previous uh, generations. So the information is just that. It can be uh, what kind of information is it? It's things about disease resilience and resistance and uh, resilience and maybe um, being wary of uh, certain critters, which kind of, that's a whole, that's a whole thing we could talk about. Um, You know, for instance, like I have a 
I've had to make peace with the spiders literally three times in my life. Mm. Three different times I've had to make peace with the spiders. Um, so I have this, I kind of came in with this thing around spiders. But snakes, I had to learn about that because I thought they were awesome. And I, I had to learn that, no, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to, I mean, it's not like I was, yeah, I'm just saying I didn't have any fear. I knew to, I knew to be wary, but I, I had to learn about how dangerous they were, that they were more dangerous than I thought they were. Correct. I didn't yeah, come sense. in with that. I didn't come in with like a phobia. A lot of people do. I didn't. So uh, it's just a little difference between me and other people, maybe. Um, a little variation in the in the in between people. Now here's where it gets interesting with women, and and the, and their and their babies, their children. When I was uh, when my mother, but my grandmother was pregnant with my mother, and f- at the four month mark, the egg that was me developed in my mother's womb. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at that time. I shared space with my mother and my grandmother for five months. So I'm swimming in the energy field. Now I'm getting a little woo-woo, but bear with me. This will be quantum physics. We just went from Newtonian to quantum physics. I'm swimming in the energy of what my mother's experiencing and what my grandmother is experiencing. Mm. Now, my grandmother was in her grandmother and so experienced her mother and her grandmother. And it goes on down like that. So we've, we're connected into the lineage in this way where we have all these experiences influencing us in the moments as an egg. Yeah. Where where we're gestating, where we're developing and yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that now. Um, my mom went into a very deep depression. She had, she had, she had uh, um, her attitude kind of about pregnancy. The way I, uh, the way I heard it when I was growing up was it was a duty. And I didn't, I remember when I was pregnant, I was so excited and joyful. I it was just, there was nothing but joy. I mean, I had morning sickness, but I didn't care. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I had a different experience. My mom was like, you know, you know, I have to put up with this. It's a very different kind of experience. Then, so I'm just saying her chemistry was like different than mine. Then when I was born, she as soon as I was delivered, she went into a deep depression and I didn't see her for nine months. And that that right there is a huge rupture between mother and child. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a huge, uh, a, a, that's a big pressure. Like that's a big, that chronic pain right there for my mom and for the baby, for me. Right. So, so, so that, so that she, so I experienced whatever she was experiencing there, but I was experiencing also her grandmother. And I don't know what happened with her, her, her own um, mother died in the second world war and I, I never knew her. So, I, I know that my mother never got over the grief of losing her mom. So she she just adored her mother. And she was kind of a, maybe 15, 16 when that happened, maybe 17 when that happened. Oh, wow. So um, it left a, it left yeah. a mark. 
So I'm just saying this kind of stuff um, influences us. Yeah. And, and uh, also the, the womb energy is, is uh, in ancestral clearing and the ancestral clearing just to back up for just a moment is a, so you said ancestral healing. I actually do ancestral clearing, which is a specific kind of ancestral healing. It's a modality um, uh, pioneered by Howard Wills and and, and uh, further developed and taught by John Newton of Health Beyond Belief. Okay. And they don't call it, uh, uh, Howard called it, calls it, um, he does call it healing, cleansing, healing, and peacemaking. John calls it clearing. He doesn't call it healing. Whatever. I feel like we're healing ourselves and we're healing the lineage. So I don't really have a lot of trouble with that word, but it's an ancestral clearing per se is a trademarked name about okay. a process. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, so enter that when I, when I uh, first ran into ancestral clearing, I didn't realize the, the burden. I, I, when I, I remember being four years old, in the living room and feeling this heavy, dark, icky energy in the family and not understanding what it was. I didn't know how to name it. I just knew it was there and nobody talked about it. So I, I, and I was raised to, you know, be seen and not heard. So I was like, and if you have anything, if you have anything um, uh, even remotely unpleasant to say, don't say it at all. (laughs) kind of like that. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't talk about it. And it wasn't until I, uh, a couple of years uh, into this practice that I, that I was working with John uh, at a, at an event and he happened to call on me, uh, which was kind of unusual. Anyway, he, he said, well, you know, what is that? It was because he kind of saw the, the, uh, the weight and the darkness and, um, and so I was able to clear it during that during that interchange uh, using this practice of ancestral clearing. Mm. But what it was was um, a couple things. W- one was that they'd both been in the Second World War, experienced the the weight of the Second World War, so they were carrying that, and they never talked about it. So they were carrying trauma from the war, and I really feel like my mother's grief around her her mother's death in the Second World War. It was so marked and it was so powerful through her whole life. She lived to to 62. She passed away when she was 62. But her whole life when I knew her and and people before I was born would tell me about it uh, before I was born that she had this thing. I feel like she carried the burden of like a lot of people that died in the Second World War. I feel like she carried... Mm -hmm not just her own mom, but her own mother, but I think she carried it. It was epic what she carried. And I didn't, I, I, I always sensed that, but I didn't know how to name it until I got into this work. And I was like, Oh, well now I know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's important that we, that we understand our linkage to our, uh, as children, that we understand our linkage to our mothers and our grandmothers. We have a link to our fathers too. It's just different. The link from child to mother is more profound because of this thing I just explained. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and um, 
Um, and I, I do a lot of work around making peace between mothers and their children and the mothers and then the mothers and their children and then and then women and men. We do a lot of work around the kind of uh, balancing out that equation um, because of the resentment. It, it, it creates a lot of um, that resentment creates a lot of negativity in the in the field of consciousness in the unified field. And that and that's through the uh, ancestral clearing. Yeah. So uh, what I just said, the <laughs> negativity in the unified field. What is that? Right. So. So we, we've just gone from, we went into Newtonian physics, which is kind of the one generation of the other. And then now we're talking about uh, quantum physics, which the quantum physicists tell us that through the present moment, we have access to the past, present, and future all at once. That's why ancestral clearing is even possible because we we, we have that ability, mm-hmm. right? So, so the unified field, um, in the present moment, we're not just connected to one another in the present moment. We're connected to the past and future in the present moment. So that's a big-ass field, right? There's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, But that's what we're working with. Those are, those are the things. And that's what we're – that's kind of what we're aware of. Who knows what else is out there, right? I'm just well, saying exactly because if we're aware of it, then yes, there has to be more, right? Because we're very you know, limited. Five sense sensory, yes, mm-hmm. maybe a sixth sense with our intuitional powers, but but we have a we have a limited bandwidth, right? So there's probably a whole lot more going on that we are able to sense. Yeah, 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 and that's how we can also because I've done I've done like, um, timeline work where I've kind of moved ahead or moved back. And so it's in that same field that you're able to do that because that is still here in the present moment, even though we say we're going back in time, but not really. Right. That, that, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) How that, how that works exactly. Um, Yeah. So a very powerful work and, and what we do in the ancestral clearing space is where we actually call on consciousness itself. And you might call that a creator or source, or you might even call it God, kind of depending on what your word is. I don't think it cares what you call it. I don't think it has an ego. But we we're call on that energy to help us release that which no longer serves us. And what no longer serves us is our resentments about what happened in the past. We can't change the past. So, you know, let's not be resentful about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, maybe, maybe there's vendetta energy that was in the lineage. And maybe we're feeling like I I, 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 I have, I have clients that come to me and and say things like, I don't think this is mine. (laughs) Right. Yes. And I don't think it's mine. I, I, but it's here, you know, and so, and so we, we, John has, um, he's got a bunch of different levels that he teaches at, but, but he's got at this point, he's got about 30 different ways that techniques that he uses that we can, we can use to, to, to get at the burden that people carry. 
And so it just, you know, we would start working the process with, with the, with the client and where they feel it. And, and uh, we would bring it. And all I do as a practitioner is I, I am, I'm attuning to the client and I'm, I'm in the present moment and I help them hope, help them. I guide them to stay in the present moment. They've got to do that part of the work. Uh, Some people that, some people that have, um, if they have unresolved trauma on board and they're reacting in a certain way, they have difficulty staying in the present moment. So that that's uh, something that's kind of a, a little can be a little bit of a challenge uh, in this work because the present moment is is, is kind of a requirement. So the, so the way we deal with that is we get them in their body, we get them to paying attention to their body and their breath and your where your feet and where your you know your sitting bones and things like that, and then that then they're here, right? So. Yes, because I I would imagine that they could possibly the, the reason why they're not in the present is that that trauma had caused them to leave their body to yeah. like leave and that it's not it's not they don't feel safe or comfortable to be here so it's, it's making yeah. the person feel safe and grounded. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can't and you can't you can't when when because of the nature of trauma, um, you can't think your way there. You have to actually get in the body. You have to have somebody help you. Get in the, you know, feel your breath and, you know, feel your, uh, feel your, as you say, your feet or your sitting bones or, uh, you know, notice, notice the tip of your nose or whatever the thing is that you're, notice, get them, get the person so that they're actually here. Mm. And that's, then you're getting the brain body connection working again. (laughs) It's, It's super important. And then they start to feel safe in their own, safe in their own skin. Yeah. Right, which would help the chronic pain, right? Because they're oh, yeah. probably out of their body because of chronic pain, because it hurts. So coming back, oh, yeah, that's how you become more empowered. To <laughs> I wanted to be anywhere but in this body. I, I, I just, you know, it was, uh, and and so I would fight. I would, you know, and then then that just added more. I would resist. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. just more more fuel to the pain fire. But um, yeah, and when I when I gave that up, I remember. Um, I had had migraines for seven years and I remember, and they came, they seemed like there was random, they were random. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't deduce the pattern. The only pattern I saw was there's no pattern, but Mm. they, but they were frequent and, and they, I just, you know, I was so reactive, you know, I just, I'll fight with anything at that point. (laughs) And anyway, I remember the last migraine I had. I'm lying in bed and it's dark, and I'm in the back of the house. It's quiet. I'm the best I can to just this nice, quiet, still environment. And I'm just raging inside with pain and um, it's migraine. And I swear to God, I'm I'm not crazy, but this is what happened. I heard a voice, and it said, "Elizabeth, clearly your strategy's not working." <laughs> Why don't you try a contrary action? And I didn't question the voice, <laughs> like hearing here. I didn't do that. I just went to, well, what would that even be? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah. What's you have any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, and I, and I, and I realized in that moment which I think was really grace coming in and like, you know, creator coming in and going, man, we got to, we got to switch things up in here. Cause it didn't work. 
<laughs> She's not getting it. <laughs> I realized I was fighting with the pain. I was with all my might. I was, and I had been for years. And I stopped. I just was like a contrary action would be just to lay down arms and to exit the battlefield. Mm-hmm. I learned a battle with chronic pain. And I never had another migraine. My migraine just. You laid down the sword. <laughs> yeah. Now I still had pain in my back, but that, remember I said I'd, I had pain 24 seven for a long time. And then kind of at the end, it wasn't quite like that. It was when I had the break in the migraine thing, the pain that I was having 24 seven in the back started to break up. And so I knew I was on, I would knew I was in the direction of healing. I just needed Peter to kind of, you know, just kind of push me completely into the thing, you know? Right, right. right. So did you find him after you laid down your sword with the, the pain? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, I found him two or three years afterwards. I, mm. I've, I'm so grateful. <laughs> my son found him, to be, to be very clear about that. My son found him, yeah. Yeah, but you were you were open to go. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah I was absolutely. Yeah. Open. I was so ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes, whatever it is, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like what you mentioned right at the beginning. You're like, where have you been all my life? Right? <laughs> it's like, but but it wasn't the time, right, for you. Yeah, you know, whatever had to be experienced by yourself. That was it. But so that's another another important thing that that's that I think is is. Uh, very helpful in the space that, that 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 we're in right now is kind of no matter what's happening in the moment, what's the gift? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yes, yes. Challenge is the, the the challenge is the challenge, and what's the gift? Instead of oh my god, this is terrible and all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What's the gift? That's uh, that to me is a very helpful healing space to. Uh, again, we're speaking to unbridled. That's going to send you in that. That's going to keep you on that trajectory rather than, you know, the victim, the victim thing, which is going to get you back in your own prison. Right. Yes. Yes. It's having, you know, and grat- the energy of gratitude is immense, you know, yeah. you know, be able to feel and yeah, it does. It, when, when you're able to see the gift, it, it does, it takes you out of that victim. Yeah, even even asking, okay, I I'm having trouble here. What is the gift? Even <laughs> asking, like I don't see it. I know it's here. Please show it to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Even asking is it gets you in that energy. Yeah, it gets you moving in that trajectory, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I am a firm believer about talking to source or creator, like just asking questions, <laughs> like, you know, it's almost, I love that song. Um, Jesus take the wheel, you know, like sometimes I feel that way. I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. Like, just please show me something, you know, um, that something that will get me on the right path, you know? And usually when for me, if I'm quiet enough, I, I see that, you know, I'll see the sign. I'm like, okay. And then, and then I get momentum, like, Oh, thank you. And then I see, you know, um, because it's, and you're right. And I think that's a very important um, point to make because when you are having a lot of pain, it's like, well, yeah, what, how, what kind of gift is this pain? Right. But it's, but there is, there's something deep and, and it's a great practice because life, there's miracles 
and magic in life every single day. And if we can uh, train ourselves to see these miracles every and, and the miracle could be, you know, that little squirrel eating the, <laughs> you know, outside or the bird that flew in front of your vision with all those vibrant colors. And it's like, oh, that's the gift. You know, that was the reason why I, I sat out here today was to see this gift. Um, it, it, for me, it, it makes life very enjoyable and, and gives us more of a, a purpose and a, you know, a good feeling. Yes. And pain is, pain is information. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's information in the system. So, you know, what, what do I, what, what, what information is this for me? And, and, and that's a very helpful place to, again, you're, you're observing that you're having the experience of it, but you're not it. Yeah. Right? And it sounds like everybody <laughs> should have a ancestral clearing. Like that should be a yeah, you know, have, something we, we should all ha- experience. Yeah, we we carry uh, we carry a, a lot of burden. We <laughs> just mm-hmm. yeah. So we have uh, there's just a, a lot of you know we have a lot of fear in the in the field right now, right in the current in the present moment in like this particular time, uh, and that has a root, right? That has a root. We're, we're in the cycle of trauma. What is it going to take for us to get out of this cycle of trauma that we keep? perpetuating well it's going to be things like what you're doing and what i'm doing to help us yes. shift trajectory and become unbridled instead of you know subject mm-hmm. to our conditioning yeah yeah and and for me i love working with women who are in their childbearing years right to do this work just yeah. for this understanding like oh you know, i always think I'm like what kind of what kind of soup do you want your baby to gestate in <laughs> right it's like exactly. yeah. you know as clear as possible or you know cluttered with all the ick and you know trauma you're holding as well as your ancestors and like make that a, a clearest space as you possibly can yeah absolutely yeah and then that that, that helps them mm-hmm. yeah that and, helps and them that's how we'll break all the generations forward you're talking about becoming a transitional character, which is someone who, who breaks the, the cycle of, uh, 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 the cycle of, of generations of, of, of mm-hmm. trauma. They break it in a single generation. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's what a lot of us are here to do is to break that, um, be, be the change, right. <laughs> be the change. Right. So, um, we're coming to the end. Um, sad, but how can people find you, Elizabeth? Well, you can find me at my website, which is Elizabeth with a dash between my first and last name, Elizabeth-Kip.com. But Elizabeth with a Z with a dash, K-I-P-P, like Peter Pan.com. Uh, there's lots of free material up there. All my social media is there. You can book a session through there. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for blessing all of us with your wisdom and your story. And it was a pleasure to have you. Um, join me next week on The Unbridled Woman and... May you find strength in your roots and wisdom in your experiences and healing in your emotions. Let the story shared today be a reminder that you're not alone in your journey, that your pain does not define you, and that the greatest healer truly does reside within you. Take care, everyone. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. May this episode be a powerful beacon igniting your spirit with the fire of empowerment and surrounding your heart with the embrace of love. As you step boldly into the new week, 
Channel the divine feminine power that resonates within you and embrace the truth that you are the master of your own transformation. Eagerly awaiting our next encounter with excitement and anticipation. Until then, carry this energy and reshape your world with your newfound strength.